I had to change the way I was eating and had to change certain habits so that I could feel more at peace with myself. I also started my holistic journey. So I was very conscious about what I was putting on my body and in my body and the products I was using and educating myself on the ingredients that's in a lot of processed foods or even uh, produce that they sell in the supermarket. I do feel that it's been uh, kind of competitive where I'm at to, I guess, uh, get the recognition or support I thought I would get, especially from different businesses in my community. Hey listeners, glad to have you back tuning into another evocative and I might say flavorful episode of Immigrantly. As you might have guessed with my all too mediocre pun, today's guest will guide us through her journey as a chef and a business owner. Liana Blount did not anticipate such a trajectory, rather like for many, it was the perfect storm of circumstance and will. While her passion for food and cooking is not new, preparing such vibrant dishes and preparing them vegan are. Black Recon Vegan is one way of putting it, a creative product of this pandemic. It is a meal prep and delivery service which started in a homely kitchen in the Bronx. When COVID hit, Liana decided to make such meals available to the masses and thank goodness she did. With over 33,000 followers and sold out boxes and prep kits, Black Recon Vegan may be an infant in the food world, but it sure is making a splash. However, at the core of this business is something more. I do not necessarily think there is an exact word to describe what Liana has grown and inspired. Black Recon Vegan shares comfort in form of sustenance and culture. Liana has reinvented the way people, myself included, think about food and the particular ingredients that go into making a dish. So I hope this episode inspires you to think about what you pick at the grocery store, what thoughts and aspirations go into preparing a dish for that next meal with your partner, your kid, friend, special someone, or even for yourself. Let's get cooking. So yeah, I am so excited to have you on Immigrantly. Tell me, where did this love of cooking come from? It started at a very young age. I've always been surrounded by food, of course. I'm sure everyone else has. But my family, they were always big on cooking. And my uncle used to work as a chef in a couple of restaurants. And my mom, she just always had a passion for it, especially she used to travel a lot and try to cook up the recipe she has learned through her travels um, at home with us. So we was always introduced to like interesting foods and new ways of eating. I remember I learned in school, I think I was nine years old, they taught us how to make pizza though. And I tried to make it and I made a big old mess. And since then the passion grew, 
My family taught me how to make this, that, and the third. I was always in charge of cooking when my mom had to work late nights. So I would cook for me and my brother and my sister when she wasn't home. And yeah, I cooked for my friends. It was my way of showing my appreciation. It was kind of like my love language. So if I cook for you, that means I care about you. You know what I find interesting about your cooking is that you pair different ingredients and you're able to envision flavors for a dish. Anybody can cook, but there are very few people who can combine different flavors and do the experimentation and come up with something so delicious. Do you think it's intuitive for you? Very, very intuitive. There's things I make on the whim and I'm, I just trust myself. Magic comes about it and I'll have my friends and my family try it. They're like, oh, it's amazing. You should do this. You should do that. And... I trust what they say, you know, <laughs> they are supportive, but, you know, I do try my own cooking as well. And it's very intuitive. There's times like uh, everyone wants me to make a recipe book, but a lot of the things that I make, I don't have a recipe for. It's just things I know that will just combine well together and I combine them, I cook it and it just becomes this masterpiece. So I would say it's, it's very intuitive. Have you tried to document those recipes just in case you want to have a recipe book in future? Yeah, a few of them. Not all of them yet, because I'm always changing some stuff up, see what could be better. But there's a few recipes I have written down and I do have stored. And even if I don't make a recipe book, I'll pass it down to my kids or my sister's kids or something. So let's talk about Black Regan Vegan. As its name suggests, it's vegan based. And I've always been so attracted to different trends popping up in the food world, um, mostly because I feel like they are fluid and yet they share a profound portrayal of cultures developing right in front of your eyes, right? So you're combining different cultures and coming up with your own recipes. When we talk about trends, I want to focus on being vegan. First, why vegan? Was it health-related, environmental, or both for you? It was definitely both. I first went vegan in 2016, and this is when I first started living alone, and I was working my nine to five and after work every day I would go work out because I needed something to do and to like just have some peace of mind and I grew up I guess I, I, I had a fun childhood but I did have my moments. I had to change the way I was eating and had to change certain habits so that I could feel more at peace with myself. I also started my holistic journey. So I was very conscious about what I was putting on my body and in my body and the products I was using and educating myself on the ingredients that's in a lot of processed foods or even uh, produce that they sell in the supermarket. So it was definitely a conscious and mental effort. I also had a friend who kind of helped me accountable. She kind of pushed me to become a vegan because she was telling me the benefits of it and I was like, all right, I'm gonna try it. And um, I started making vegan empanadas because I, I love patelios. And I brought them to my family gatherings and they loved it. I brought them to my friends and it was getting to a point that people wanted to buy a dozens from me, like with, with the sauce. I'm like, wow, I didn't know it was gonna be that good. It's, it's vegan and they thought it was meat. So that's mm. kind of how Black Vegan Vegan started. Uh, but I never 
thought that it would be a business like it was just something i thought that was fun and cool to do like i thought about this in 2016 but uh 2020 when the pandemic hit i was like oh let me go back to that idea and let me do something about it let me just uh share my recipes on my page and i started doing that and then it went from sharing my recipes to people wanting to try the food and i put out a menu um april 2020 and since then it's just a menu every week it was crazy how everything transpired talking about this transition from eating meat to being vegan i feel it must have complicated things for you as well because i come from a culture of meat eaters right i grew up in pakistan eating meat um, although I would say that we had a fair share of vegetables as well, either blended in those recipes with meat or separately. But I know if I told my parents that I stopped eating meat and dairy products, they would have a lot of questions to say the least. How has that journey been like for you? And have you found changes to your life and well-being since going and cooking vegan? Well, when I first went vegan, my mom took me to Whole Foods and she took me to the vegan section and she was like, get whatever you want. Like she was just very supportive. Um, she's also fairly young. She had me at a very young age, 17. So she's not, you know, too far behind on what's currently going on in the world and the, the changes that are being made. So she's she's not so old school. My family, they'll support anything I want to do. If I want to go to the moon, you know, they're going to cheer me on. So I was very blessed in that way. Um, it only became challenging when uh, we would have certain family gatherings and uh, the family would bring food or cook food and there wasn't many vegan options. I would have to bring my own vegan food and they would kind of feel bad because that, there was nothing for me to really eat. As some time passed, they tried to make sure that you know there was certain items there that I was able to eat. And overall, just when I became vegan, it I kind of just don't look at meat the same. Like I just don't feel like I ever need it or never need to consume it or need to just pick it up. It's been very, uh, very mentally, I guess, like liberating. I know that I feel good. I know that I'm consuming good things for my body. Um, I know that I'm helping other people do the same. So. It, it was also a blessing because previously I was doing prep to go and I was cooking with me and I wasn't eating it and I felt very out of integrity. I felt weird. So I was kind of happy to put that business to rest. And when I took Black Weekend Vegan seriously, everything was like aligned. So I, I feel like being a vegan and, and putting in those practices and introducing it to uh, the community has been very impactful for my life and others and I would I don't regret it. I don't ever regret it. Today's podcast is presented by Podco. Podco is the easiest way for you to monetize your podcast and I'm so excited that I discovered it. As an indie podcaster, it allows me to monetize my podcast with a flat rate. And so you always know how much you get when you include an ad from Podco. Apply today to become a member and immediately be connected with advertisers that fit your audience. That's podgo.co at p-o-d-g-o dot c-o. And be sure to add our podcast immigrantly in the how did you hear about podgo section of the application.
being a woman of color how has that impacted your movement through this entrepreneurial space from my experience with the podcast and what not my ethnic and racial identities are constantly on my mind not so much in a burdensome way but as complexities that i need to own in order to be proud of what i am doing right and the direction i am going in so how has that your identity impacted you in that space uh, i guess i'm like mixing two cultures into this one business model that it's it's not only for you know african americans it's not only for hispanics it's not even really just for them it's for everyone i do feel like i there's there's still a lot for me to learn i don't i don't even know like it's just combining culture is something i grew up doing and having a lot of other people relate to what i'm doing and having a vegan option of that and it's kind of unheard not i don't want to say unheard of but limited so when i do pop-ups and i do certain um events that i'm selling my food i just feel out the crowd and just to see the type of people that come out to support is like whoa i'm really bringing people together and doing it over food that's kind of guilt free i do worry about it sometimes cuz i've had a couple people write on my page that my brand is racist i guess because it's the black week of vegan and that's not what I'm aiming to do at all. I don't, you know, I'm not limited to just black and Puerto Rican peoples for everyone like I said. But um it's a little controversial, but I just I'm staying true to who I am and what I'm providing and what I want to share with the world. So why do you think it's controversial? I guess because the wording I chose and um how other people kind of viewed what veganism is or the stigma behind what veganism was which i don't think is true i know a lot of people correlated with being a white people thing that that was a thing for a while and i used to think like that too i'm like oh you know i know white people just do this and my friend educated me and i told you i educated myself and i'm just like you know what it's, it's not it's it's for everybody it's it's not even about being a race thing it's about the decisions that you're making to you know what to eat and what to put in your body and to um not be a part of the harm of animals. So it's just more of a compassion and health thing more than it is a race thing. I am curious to know where did you get most pushback from? Was it your family, friends, strangers? To be honest, I haven't gotten uh, much pushback. I do feel that it's been uh kind of competitive where I'm at to I guess uh get the recognition or support I thought I would get, especially from different businesses in my community. I I try not to really focus on that because you know, I, obviously I'm doing something right and maybe the time hasn't come yet or maybe, you know, I don't know if they're I, I don't I don't know. So let's talk about that. How do you think we put in practices and policies that redistribute food and unstigmatize and possibly reclaim veganism not as a white thing? but more as a human thing i saw you mentioned how growing up in the bronx you didn't have the best access to healthy foods i know that food insecurity 
and food deserts are real problems, right, in this country, especially in the areas that I would say are at or below poverty because there is no incentive for grocery stores or businesses in general to open there besides local solutions like Black Regan Weekend, right? So what else do you think needs to change? How do we recreate narratives around what veganism actually is? I feel like it's not a white thing. It's more like white culture colonizing ethnic foods. And we have to reclaim it, right? Definitely. I just feel like, you know, people need to be introduced to things without having to leave their home. I feel like a, a lot of the times the Bronx is overlooked because it's, uh, I guess, like a low-income area. We don't have, like, the, the Trader Joe's and the Whole Foods, and they don't feel like we, we need that. When I did Black Weekend Vegan, I didn't think it was going to be the success it was today, and it showed that there's something mm-hmm. missing, and the people do want it, and the people do want access to it. And you don't know until you introduce that, until you bring it to them and then see that, hey, there's more options and, you know, I'm bringing it to you. You don't have to go downtown to Manhattan. You don't got to go to a different borough or a different state. Like, it's in your home. And more um, establishments could be here because there's a um, scarcity of it. It's becoming a little more... um, I guess, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Like, uh, they're starting to introduce it a little more, little by little. But when you do something and people can relate to it and they have easy access to it, I think that's the first step of getting the community on board and getting it in spaces that is needed the most. When we talk about access, what about price points? Because I am assuming that it must be expensive to be vegan and to create vegan dishes because... I'm sure fresh greens and vegan protein are not cheap, right? So how do you make it accessible for people at a price point where they can really afford it? My prices are pretty uh, pricey, but for someone who's starting out and wants to cook at home, price points really start to hit when you're getting getting products like uh, Just Egg and Beyond Meat and the stuff with the soy it's good alternatives but it's also very processed and it's also very pricey but if you're doing things like you're making ground meat out of mushrooms and maybe some cashews those price points could be very low you could get a pack of mushrooms for like two dollars and a vegetable a spinach or asparagus that you could get at a local uh, farmer's market that will cost you maybe less than $2. So it's, it depends on the type of vegan, I guess, you want to be or the type of food that you want to eat and consume and the type of dishes that you want to make. If you have it in your budget to splurge here and there or get the Beyond Meat and mix it with a well-balanced salad or something like that, I feel like the price point could be very decent. Get creative which I kind of push when I do Black Vegan Vegan. I also do recipes on how can you make something so simple and make it to mimic ground meat or chicken or something like that. So I was watching one of your Instagram videos in which you were talking about how customers from all different places 
came to buy your food, which was incredible. And I am curious to know where is your customer located? Where are they based? Because it seems to me that they are based everywhere. They are <laughs> from everywhere. And I get this question asked a lot because I feel like most of them are in the Bronx. But then I've, I also travel with Black Weekly Vegan. So I have customers from Miami, Los Angeles. I haven't even been to Atlanta yet. And I get a plethora of people from Atlanta telling me they want me to go out there. People from Boston. Like, it's it, it doesn't end. And I'm happy I'm in demand in other places. And hopefully, God willing, that I could be in um, a couple of places at once soon in the future. But it's very overwhelming. And it kind of shows what's missing in a lot of places. This is crazy. No one thought of this? Or doing it on the scale that I'm doing it on like is bizarre. So I was hungrily scrolling through your IG and I was just amazed by the colors, right? Because as much as it's about taste, and I've talked about this on previous episodes of the podcast as well, every time I've interviewed a chef or a cook, that food and photography really have taken off. And they are two sides of the same coin, especially when it comes to marketing. Are you focused on that do you take it seriously or is it just you know your phone and you click away i take it very seriously but i work with what i have as well all the pictures i take from my business i sit next to my apartment window when there's daylight and i use my iphone 12. i did invest into um they're called uh replica surfaces so it's like um they replicate like different type of surfaces. So you could have like wood or marble or stuff like that. I did invest into those to put underneath the food so that it's a different um, type of shot every time. But it's very important because people, they're visual before they're tasting anything. And their brain is like, okay, it, it must taste good. And that's very important to me. Deanna, where do you see Black Recon Weekend in the future? Do you have plans to open up a restaurant or a shop? Yeah, I have so many plans for Black Week Vegan. I um, I also do products, my Sofrito products. So uh, I was doing a little research and I saw there were certain markets that don't sell Sofrito, like certain markets where it's not placed in the Bronx, but like places like Whole Foods and Trader Joe's, they don't sell like certain Hispanic products. And I'm just like, I wonder why that is. <laughs> my goal is to like get into one of those stores. And my other goal is to open up a few locations, one in the Bronx, um, maybe one in Brooklyn, one in... Uh, you should open one in Westchester. Everywhere, yeah. I've had uh, so many plans in motion. It, it, it is, you know, time consuming. It does take time, but it's going to happen. I know it's going to happen. So if people just keep following me along the journey and be patient, then I'm pretty sure they'll see um, the outcome of everything. But for the future, I definitely see more than one location for Black Week and Vegan. I love it. I love it. So in the end, if you were to describe America in a word or a sentence, how would you do that? I'm just going to say unpredictable. Ah, I like that. I've never gotten that answer and I like it. So before we wrap up, where can people find information about Black Creek and Beacon? And if they want to try your recipes, how do they do that? Um, most of my recipes are on my Instagram page. I also have a highlight that says recipes. So if they click on it, they'll see 
some of my recipes or I also do videos on TikTok across all social media. My name is Black Wicked Vegan, Facebook, TikTok, Instagram, my website, blackwickedvegan.com. You'll see more information there. And if they have any questions, concerns, or any uh, business inquiries, they can email me at info at blackwickedvegan.com. Thank you so much, Liana. This was so good. And keep doing what you're doing. You're doing an amazing job. Thank you so much. It was nice talking to you. It's interesting how we ascribe certain traditions and norms to particular cultures, although they do not originate there. Veganism is not a white thing. It's a human thing. It is practiced by a lot of other cultures. So instead of appropriating it, let's embrace it. Until next time, when we have another incredible guest, take care. Oh.